0: You're listening to Marcus online radio podcast,
1: and secondly, that uh, atrocities that are being perpetrated or the genocide that's being perpetrated there in Gaza. And you, as a pediatrician, are watching mothers, uh, you know, Allah, you know, pregnant mothers are being, uh, you know, under the rubble, and uh, you know, some of them uh, uh, there's no anesthesia and uh, no medication. What goes through your mind when you see scenarios like this, uh, doctor, knowing? That you come from a first class facility, and there they have actually no faci- uh, facilities at all for those uh, masums uh, that are being martyred and uh, those that uh, are coming to the dunya at a very disadvantaged uh, stage, uh, Doctor.
0: Bismillah I begin by praising Almighty Allah. I send abundant on our beloved Nabi Muhammad, wa sallam, his companions, and his family. And I may dua for our Muslim brothers and sisters in Palestine and all over the world who are being tested with such difficult trials and tribulations that Almighty Allah grant us victory over the disbelievers. I Amin. Mean, this question is brilliant, and I have to be honest to say the least. I think it's the best question you've ever asked me. Uh, it's like you've read my mind. You know, ever since this genocide against our Palestinian brothers and sisters started, And it it started off with them attacking the Al-Shifa hospital in Gaza. I I, I heard reports of the neonatal Intensive Care Unit being totally damaged and babies being deprived of oxygen because of the cutoff with the electricity supplies, the generators being damaged. And, you know, there were were, were tens of babies or, or hundreds of babies in the neonatal Intensive Care Unit that had died purely because of a lack of oxygen and at the start of this genocide and this war and invasion of innocent people, uh, you know, to say the least, it it, it broke my heart. And, um, you know, it's amazing that you ask this question because, alhamdulillah, you know, every day I work in an innately intensive care unit with premature babies and every time I... I, I, I look after these babies. I see them in the ward I work with them. I I tend to them when they are born. I take them up to neonatal life. You you know connect them onto ventilators and oxygen supplies. The thoughts of of these little babies in Gaza keep flashing in my mind, and I keep wondering, you know what 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 are those little babies going through? What are those parents going through? What are those doctors and nurses going through? such harsh conditions and it's, it's just heartbreaking to say the least it's, it's, it's a real catastrophe and i think there's just a total lack of humanity
1: and i think we have to really make do because it's really really sad you know doctor the trauma that uh, the parent goes through the trauma that that masum is going through the trauma that even uh, you know elderly men and women that are not even uh, there in in the area of uh, conflict But when they look at it, some of them are having nightmares, actually cannot sleep. They are, you know what, they are crying. They're crying, they can't take it. What's happening to those that survive, uh, are surviving this? uh, And, uh, you know, what type of trauma are they going through, Dr. Ridwan Umar?
0: You know, we are sitting here at home thousands of kilometers away, and we are affected emotionally, mentally psychologically, by what is going on and and what little images we see coming out from them. But I can only imagine what those people are going through. And, you know, I make a lot of du'a for them, and I'm sure that all our Muslims around the world are making du'a for them. But, you know, the, the psychological consequences of going through such trauma, I mean, you know, the least these people will suffer from are anxiety disorders, mood disorders, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder that will take a lifetime to get better, if it will ever get better at all. Because I mean, they are seeing babies being butchered and massacred. They are seeing, you know, babies being mutilated and dismembered. They are seeing mushroom little babies, premature, helpless babies in neonatal intensive care. You know, these are the smallest little babies in the world. I mean, in our in our neonatal intensive care unit, we deal with babies as small as 500 grams, which is the size of, of a block of butter, you know. That's how tiny, the, the tiniest people in the world, and to just watch them being treated like 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 they they, they don't even exist is it, just a, a crime against humanity. So, you know, for the doctors, for the nurses, for all the healthcare workers, for the parents, for the people who are trying to support and help our Muslim brethren in, in Gaza, it, it must be devastating mentally, emotionally, physically, uh, psychologically. And, and these people, I don't think, will ever get over the mental trauma of, of this devastation that that they are experiencing.
1: Dr. Unutaj, uh, uh, gee, you know, there's a point to touch on here. Look at those children. I mean, they grow up in such a disadvantaged area. But when they talk to you, you know, when they talk and they, when they are... At ages of, I mean, look at them, four, five, six, they're very eloquent. They tell you things that they are politically, you know, aware of what's going around. They quote you the Quran with so much of conviction, and they have the reality of death at that age. And they tell you, well, I'm going to be a martyr. I'm going to meet my maker, my creator. My blood will nourish the soil of Gaza. How come that these children are so powerful, doctor? I think there must be a special reason why Allah t'ala is putting them through this test
0: because then it means that they are the chosen people with such strong iman and such strong Yaqeen at such a young age to have that realization of Allah and that you know, that, that eagerness to meet him as, as Shuhada is is, is is a lesson for us to learn from. I mean we are we are elderly people, we are grown up people, we are getting old but these little children as young as five and six years old have so much to teach us. Mm -hmm. And I think the one lesson we can learn from them is that whatever they're going through is not entirely in vain because it should, it should make us realize that if such young children, such young people with such, um, you know, minds that are still so immature and, and don't even have proper understanding can can evoke such responses and and come up with um, such types of uh, answers to what they are going through and 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 instill so much of, of of love for Allah in our hearts and and such a love for meeting Allah in our hearts, then, then 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 it means that what they are going through and the death that they are experiencing is, is really not in vain but it's actually an eye opener for all of us and, I think if that's the least that we can benefit from this entire experience, then then I think their death and their suffering and what those children are going through is not in vain, because it should open up our eyes and our hearts to to these little children, especially, I mean, including the adults, the elderly, the grandparents who have to, to bury their children, and the parents who watch their little babies die in hospital and immediately in intensive care, but these little children who speak so much about their love for meeting Allah, it's something else, and it, 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 it should take our iman to the next
1: level. No, absolutely, Doctor. And, I, you know, I noticed something, and I I, I I thought very deeply about this whole thing. And I said, every child that is martyred, every child that leaves this dunya, the ratio of that one child going to heaven, to Firdos, and the ratio of people that one child is converting people or reverting people to Islam... I'm not exaggerating. It could be one is to 1,000, or maybe one is to 10,000. What's your thoughts there, doctor? I agree with you totally. I think, you know, like I said, you know, all is
0: not lost with this war. I think the world, the vast majority of reasonable people around the world, including the disbelievers, are actually seeing the reality and the brutality of this violent, uh, uh, harm that they are causing against our Palestinian brothers and, and sisters and it's creating it it's creating awareness about their real agenda, their the true colours are being exposed, their the racism is being exposed, the brutality is being exposed and, and the world is finally getting to see, you know, what 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 their real agenda is and it's all about it's all about supremacy, it's all about control, and, you know, it's, it's, it's heartless and it's merciless, and the world is seeing it. People are not, are not just just uh, dumb and, and, and unaware of, of what's going on. So people are aware of it, and, and I think it's also a means of dawah to a lot of the non-Muslims. And, and we've been coming across certain reports of non-Muslims around the world, including in the Western world, accepting Islam, uh, ever since this genocide has started. So, you know, there are some some uh, positive effects in terms of, of, of how the world is now looking at Muslims and how the world is now looking at Zionists, and, and, and perceptions are changing. Perceptions are changing around the world. If you look at the marches that are going on around the world, it's not only Muslims that are marching in New York City or in Istanbul, but even non-Muslims are now participating in this. And even if you read social media, there's a lot of non-Muslims who are speaking out against this genocide. Take the simple example like you mentioned of uh, South Africa. Okay, our our minister, Naledi Brandar, is a Muslim, but our president, Cyril Ramaphosa, and the South African government, who are not Muslim, but they are so vocal about their support of the Palestinian cause. So, so there's a lot that we can learn from, and and I think we should we should be grateful for the exposure that that the
1: world is getting from the genocide. You know, doctor, I'm looking at a message on the screen, and I don't know whether to read it out, but I'm going to go for it. And the brother says, "Please, uh, brother Shafal Samad Khan, your your doctor, you are doing brilliant this evening. You got my whole family group. I want to know from a doctor what about uh, these uh, Zionist." Uh, IDF, they go and harvest the body parts. Are they using our the the parts of all our martyred sisters and uh, fathers and mothers and babies to uh, to sell them? Doctor, how do you respond to that? Well, I think we
0: must remember that it is Allah who is the greatest and nothing happens but not by the permission of Allah and no catastrophe and no disaster strikes except with the permission of Allah. So if they are doing that, look, I haven't come across any such reports, but from what I have read about what the Zionists are doing, I wouldn't put it, I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't put it uh, beyond them to do that because they are such... I
1: hope, uh, yeah, doctor's uh, line is a bit wavy there. Doctor, are you back? Okay, it seems uh, we have uh, lost our doctor there, but uh, uh, maybe, uh, Lukolo, you'll try and get uh, Dr. Ridwan Umar uh, back online. Yes, as we said, you know, many things are coming through, and, uh, you know, how doctor says, uh, being a pediatrician and how he handles babies, 500 grams of people, and, you know, the uh, children in incubators and incubators, and they, they have nothing at all. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is taking care of them. And uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for all those that that are under this, uh, you know, siege of uh, brutality and so forth. Uh, Dr. Ridwan Umar, hope you're you're back. Okay, it seems as if uh, we have uh, lost our Dr. Uh, Ridwan Umar. Uh, Quite a few questions have uh, come through. So, alhamdulillah, you know, uh, maybe... Uh, how, it's not load shedding because a lot of load shedding has uh, come through. But in the meantime, a lot of articles are coming through and, uh, you know, people are talking about Zionists are thought uh, to be unapologetic fascist uh, monsters. is the fair game, hunted and executed with no exception or distinction. Now, that's true. I mean, looking at human beings, you find uh, uh, members of the uh, uh, government there calling people is calling them uh, animals giving them names and they said uh, you know you're not even worth our finger clipping and so forth and then you find that the same rhetoric. and this uh, tragedy is that uh, india says the same words. that you have indian uh, ministers uh, doing the same thing a lot of indian uh, people are in the idf and uh, perpetrating this genocide against uh, you know innocent uh, men women and children and uh, they talk the same language and allah have mercy allah have mercy and Israel goes on trial, yes, for the genocide it committed in Gaza. And, you know, Israel will face accusations of a genocide in the International Criminal Court, ICC, which um, has uh, scheduled a hearing next Thursday for South Africa's lawsuit accusing Israel of genocide in Gaza. Israel has uh, confirmed that it will appear in the Netherlands next week to defend against the charges. How are you going to defend the indefensible. Hmm? How are you going to uh, defend the genocide you're uh, perpetrating, the brutality that you're perpetrating? Eh? That disproportionate type of uh, reaction that you have undertaken is only divine decree can put you back where you really belong. And Allahu A'lam, I know where you belong, and Allah knows where you belong. Dr. Ridwan, is that, uh, sad we lost you. Uh, for a few minutes. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, we are talking about harvesting and uh, you know, a few other things. But we have uh, three minutes to go. And uh, perhaps, you know, what goes through your mind? I'll give you the next three minutes, uh, you know, to give us your thoughts and uh, round up the program, uh, doctor. khair, brother
0: I think it's important since our topic was focused on this genocide in Gaza, with the focus being on the children, the babies in unit ICU, I think we must keep these parents who have lost so many of their babies, who have witnessed such um, such a crime against their children, such uh, devastation being lashed out on their children, so much of loss of beautiful, innocent lives. I think we need to keep them in our prayers. I think every time we look at our children and the beauty of our children, we should thank Almighty Allah for for every glance that, that, that we get to, to take at our child and look at them and think of that mother in Hazza whose, whose baby's body is shattered into pieces or, or think of that mother in, in Hazza whose, whose little baby, such a fragile, delicate, innocent little baby who was just, you know, what we call a feeder and grower in life, ICU dependent on a little bit of oxygen uh, who just died because they switched off oxygen supplies. I think we should... We should always think of them and, and we should make dua for them and um we should never ever forget them in whatever we do, whenever we look at our children and it should make us grateful for all the bounties that Allah has given us and you know, like you said, we have first world healthcare facilities for ourselves, for our children. Every time we walk into a doctor's office, we walk into a hospital. We should be so grateful to Allah for all these blessings that He has given us, and think of our brothers and sisters in Palestine, who now don't even have hospitals anymore, who don't even have ICUs anymore. I mean, the children are just being thrown onto the floor and just left bodies burnt and bodies mutilated, and I mean, it's, it's just it's just heartbreaking. And all we can do is every time we look at our children playing and laughing and happy, we should think of those little children, we should think of those parents. And we should make uh, a lot of shukar to Allah for, for what He has given us and for the protection He has given us. And we should make dua for our brothers and sisters in Palestine who have had to give their children away
1: in the path of Allah for this cause. Dr. Ridwan Umar, I can guarantee you that this program was divinely, you know, orchestrated. I mean, you and I, we came on, right? We were waiting yeah. for listeners to the questions. But look at where, who was yet. It was a divine hand. And I know you the empathy, the sympathy, and uh, the type of individual you are. I mean, we are you and I are connected because we love each other for Allah's pleasure. But always, you know, whenever we meet each other, it's just that, uh, a wholesome hug. Let me hug you this evening, uh, Dr. Ridwan Umar, for, you know, really presenting uh, such a powerful program indeed. Although and a big hug, of... hug for you too, Brother Shafat, <laughs> my beloved brother. <laughs> No, no, I tell you, we will be ready. Ready, Allah uh, blessed us. You're going to have a beautiful evening ahead. Our du'as are with the, them in Gaza for everyone. And uh, may Allah bless you and your family members also, doctor, for, you know, doing Ameen. what you do best. And inshallah, we'll Ameen. meet soon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
0: Wa alaikum
1: assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yes, al It's time for us to go for the uh, Isha Azan. And inshallah, when we get back, It'll be time for pertinent bunch uh, you aters.